What's up, Story Geeks? Thanks for joining me today on the Story Geeks podcast. I'm Jay Shear, author of the time travel novel Time Slingers, and today we're digging into how we should act during a pandemic based on what we see in geek movies, science fiction, fantasy, and horror. We're going to try to make this not just super intense. We're going to try to make this fun, too, because we know that there's a lot of heaviness in the world right now. So we're going we're gonna to get into some deep things, but we're also going to try and keep it light. And joining me today, the Story Geeks co-host, Sandra Demas. How you doing, Sandra? Hey, I'm uh, in isolation, so cool. Yep, we're all quarantined. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, how are you doing? Nick Duke? I'm good. Yeah, I'm in isolation, too, uh, which, I don't know. My life hasn't changed very much after this. It's I feel like everybody's kind of adapting to my way of life. Yeah, it's true. We're... We're all in isolation, and yeah, life hasn't changed for some of us, <laughs> for sure. But it did it did change this podcast, because we were supposed to all be recording in the same room, and we decided against that, which is probably the Smart. right decision. Yeah. So, so anyways, thanks to you all for listening in. The Story Geeks podcast is produced by the Reclamation Society. As I mentioned, we're not recording live today, because we don't have a software uh, that easily rec- uh, allows us to be in different places um, and record. So because of the pandemic uh the coronavirus has shut down our podcast studio but it hasn't shut us down um we would also like to hear from you though so please join the story geeks facebook group just search facebook for the story geeks and ask to join in and if you want more information and a backlog of all of our content including our blog posts check out the storygeeks.com in the meantime let's go ahead and dig into this whole pandemic thing holy cow (laughs) Um, before we d- dig into some of the, like maybe the deeper themes that we are going to touch on, I'm just wondering, like, what are some of the films that stand out to you guys as being really good science fiction, fantasy, horror, pandemic films? Like w- where the, the world is sort of in global danger, even if it's not necessarily from a virus. Oh, geez. I think any any zombie film or alien invasion hmm. film, um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> when when it first starts to happen, the public first starts to learn what, you know, something's going on here. And then like the government getting gets involved and they try to inform people, but also not panic. And then they withhold information. So there's not a panic, like all of that stuff that's in all of those films that were, we see like world war Z and Shaun of the dead and, um, uh, independence day, anything or anything that has to do with, um, something new and global and scary affecting um, humanity, you know, mm. and, and we see that in a lot of geek films, but then we see it also in um, films that are just kind of speculation, um, but set in a real world environment. And we see the popularity growing with films like Contagion and Outbreak, that those became really popular as, coronavirus or COVID-19 or whatever we're calling it now um, just kind of was on everyone's mind. You know, they're going to those movies and seeing them. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that, it's funny people. I'm already anxious. I'm going to go watch a movie about how this could get worse. Uh, it, is, it is the human condition to do such things, isn't it? But I mean, this is also, we learn, we learn from story because we learn how to understand and interpret the world through story. So right. it helps us give rationale to this. What do you, what do you think, Nick? Like, what are some of your favorite pandemic kind of yeah, global pretty much, movies? Pretty much any like George Romero yeah. uh, mm. zombie movie. Cause each, each one of his movies has to do with something different. It's like he'll, he, you know, struck gold 
with the you know the zombie genre like kind of creating a, a genre of horror with zombies mm. Mm. and you know the, the night of the living dead is very much about like racism mm. um and uh dawn the dawn of the dead uh which i haven't seen in a while i'm trying to think of like what like kind of the hidden theme of dawn of the dead was i mean kind of consumerism consumerism overall. that's yeah. right because that yeah i was in the mall yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was that was great. And uh, Day of the Dead was, I think, more government based because that that was the one that was like in that military bunker. I yeah. think, yeah. Mm. But um, yeah, like I think we find these stories in- interesting too because like it's like we're seeing it in real life. It's like when something very suddenly upsets the status quo, mm. like how how do we react to it and like in a way it kind of like prepares us because mm-hmm. like we get to go we get to watch like uh the scenario play out right and go like well what would i do in that situation and right. i'm not sure i would i would have gone through that door i don't think i would have tr- decided to hide there yeah. you know i wouldn't trust somebody who you know said that mm-hmm. so yeah i think that like even times like right now like people are going like are very unsure of things and uh like they're going to these movies to go like you know what would matt damon do (laughs) (laughs) he'd get saved again (laughs) or brad pitt yeah yeah yeah. you know it um max brooks talked about that and i've mentioned this before on other shows but he talks about films like world war z and zombie films or or books even that they allow us to explore something in a safe environment because we don't think that's going to happen. So a zombie, you know, apocalypse isn't going to happen. But if yeah. we were to explore it in a real world world setting like Contagion or Outbreak, that is possible. And we're seeing that play out. So those movies give us more tension than something like, you know, Return of the Living Dead or Day of the Dead or World War Z or even the walking dead we don't have that same tension because we're like oh that's not going to happen so we can explore it and say what would i do but we're not like no literally what will i do because this is very possible mm. yeah, yeah they show us worst case scenario right right because i mean that's that's what a, a disaster movie or an outbreak movie has to be it's like you're not just going to see like how it was for like you know the person that survived all the way through by you know hiding in a closet <laughs> Right, you, know, you got to see what is the absolute worst case scenario here to make it interesting. <laughs> it's true. I think for me, I, I'm not usually a big fan of uh, pandemic movies. I'm not usually a zombie fan. I don't dislike zombie movies or, or TV shows, but they're usually not necessarily my favorite. Um, I do. I did like World War Z a lot. I like World War Z better than I like The Walking Dead, actually. And you're going to hear about why that is in a bit. <laughs> Um, but, uh, I honestly, like probably my favorite, uh, pandemic quote unquote of all time is probably Thanos. <laughs> you know, oh, like, wow. Yeah. I mean, he's basically his own little pandemic with the infinity gauntlet. So I think that he, I like the characterization of the thing that's, that's attacking most of the time. The pandemic is a reason to pit characters, like worldviews of characters and how they respond to situations against one another. Mm-hmm. And that to me is not as intriguing as having an actual villain that we go like, that's a villain and they're a villain because they have a worldview that we don't agree with or whatever. Um, but yeah, we'll get into all of those things. So if you had to, but if you had to kind of like choose one movie 
Like, what would be your what would be your like disaster movie? What's the one you go like? That's the one. Sandra, what, what, I mean, disaster, which one is like it? not necessarily like a plague. Movie yeah, it doesn't or? have to be a plague. It could be something that basically is the thing. I mean, like, like for example, it could be aliens, right? Like that's what Independence Day is. It might as well be mm-hmm. a pandemic. It's just a pandemic of <laughs> aliens. Mm-hmm. Um, something like something along those lines. A global threat movie. What, what's your favorite? What's your go-to? Oh, I, I bet if this were live, um, most of our listeners would probably guess what mine is, and that's going to be Shaun of the Dead. Hands down, <laughs> which is an excellent choice because it yeah. it tackles the subject not in a not in a non serious manner because it actually deals with some serious things, but like in a really hilarious manner. Oh yeah, so, yeah. I mean I laugh as much as I well, I don't cry a lot, but but it definitely brings tears. Um, that movie, in as much as I laugh, like it's just a pretty um, deep movie, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What about you, Nick? We've got Shaun of the Dead, one vote. Yeah, I w- uh, I'm Shaun of the Dead is one of my favorites too. But like, if I was doing um, kind of a disease aside in terms of like a global uh, impact, um, I don't know. I might go Mission Impossible, <laughs> like the Mission Impossible series, oh. just because it's like, look, like uh disease aside like there's always a threat of nuclear war <laughs> <laughs> that's true so that's true. uh like i don't know I, I i have just such a soft spot for that that series especially the last one which had to do with like uh uh another you know nuclear bomb of right. course <laughs> right, right, right. it's just like well how's tom cruise gonna you know parkour <laughs> his way out of this one parkour <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, which limb is it going to break this time in, in yeah. real life? Um, I think if I were choosing, uh, and this is going to, it's going to, people are probably going to groan and be like, that's really not a, it's really not the kind of movie that you can choose. But I, I do think Infinity War is my, my <laughs> favorite sort of disaster movie. Thanos being the disaster, right? Like, yeah. yeah. Um, I just think that that's, a, I think it's an interesting way of, of assessing it. And I do like, I do have to say that the um, the Mission Impossible movies are, are pretty fun too. You can always mm-hmm. argue, there's always an argument like, like what gets included in geek movies. And we're uh-huh. always like, that's what, that's one that Daryl like wants so badly to be included <laughs> as a geek movie. And I'm like, ah, I don't know. <laughs> you know. So it's kind of funny. We all have our different, slightly different. Well, it's, it's a slippery slope, right? Once you let in Mission Impossible, then you got to let in. Uh, Bond, and then you got to let in uh, Fast and Fast Furious. And Furious. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. And those are those are certainly they have elements of them that are uh, fantastical, you might say, like yeah. almost science fictiony. Yeah, sci-fi. Yeah, but they're just like they're borderline. So you can go you can go either way. Um, so I'm gonna get into the one of the first deeper questions that I have, um, and this is a, kind of an interesting one because I think I think I'm actually seeing some of these things actually play out in real life so um (laughs) a little less humorous maybe on this question but based on these films these like disaster films these pandemic films what are some of the themes i'll start with you nick what are some of the themes or even competing themes that these stories are are generally based upon and then do you reject or embrace any of those themes like what parts of those films do you see that you go oh i want to kind of embrace that part of it but i don't love this part of it what does that look like for you um, I feel like a lot of them, you know, have to do with the uh, triumph of the human spirit. Mm. Um, also, you know, the importance of community and working together, um, you know, keeping keeping your loved ones close. 
you know, doing everything that you can to protect them. Um, like I just watched World War Z uh, last night. It was actually my first time seeing it. Oh, oh wow. Um, and I feel like that movie was very much like a triumph of the human spirit type thing mm. um, in the way that it kind of kicks off and the way that it ends. kind of ends with a, a, not to spoil anything, it's just it ends with a monologue uh, yeah. about, uh, you know, how how we should act in crisis. Um, but yeah, I, I, in that, in that, uh, example in particular, I kind of rejected, uh, that the whole triumph of the human spirit theme, uh, just because I just felt like the main character was, even though he was in the thick of it all the time, I never felt like he was in danger. <laughs> <laughs> like he Brad's just, got this. He's good. Yeah. He just seemed kind of <laughs> untouchable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as those are to me like two of the probably the most prolific themes in this type in these types of genres of like either disaster or pandemic it's like you you, you always have uh like you always walk away from it going like you know those that group of people you know like really grew to love each other and stick together and that's why they survived or right that's that's why uh you know human beings like no matter what we're gonna you know triumph i mean we see kind of both sides of humanity um so we see like the the good and the bad we see panic and and fear and chaos and corruption and greed um you know you think that uh the way we see corruption is when people have a solution, but they, they hoard it for themselves mm. and for those that they care about, but they don't want to, to give it to anybody else. Um, there's chaos. People are just, you know, running around screaming and, um, you know, if there is no plan, you just kind of freak out and run and, and, and panic and, and all of the, adrenaline is used for nothing good essentially mm. um but then you also see compassion you see generosity you see community you see hope and, and and hopefully by the end of the film you see kind of a renewal um and a, a deeper understanding of the value of of life and um the people in it the, the mm. people in your life so yeah so i would of course like reject <laughs> reject the bad like the corruption and the, the hoarding and the greed and the panic. I mean, well, I don't want to say I would reject like the fear because that it depends on what you do with the fear. Um, does the fear cause you to think about what's important and how you can save that? Um, or does the fear lead you to become brutal, um, brutally savage and selfish? Um, so, you know, I wouldn't necessarily reject fear but but what it brings you to like does it bring you to be courageous or does it bring you to be kind of atrocious um mm. but what i do embrace would certainly be like what nick was talking about like the the triumph of the human spirit of um, exhibiting compassion uh, one of the films that we talked about um, or meant to talk about was bird box and you see kind of oh, yeah. all of these these um kind of personas you see a character who is greedy you see a character who is um compassionate you see a character who is 
very much about community. Um, so you see all of those sometimes in a character and sometimes it's in a moment. Um, and in, and it happens maybe, maybe all of those things happen in one character. It depends on, on the film, but, um, but I do embrace that, that side and just seeing, seeing how we can, um, kind of get in touch with our, our humanity and mm. our, our oneness to really help other others survive with us. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this is the this is what this is the question that I'm going to rail on The Walking Dead for. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and by the way, The Walking Dead, the first two seasons, well, a lot of the a lot of the seasons of The Walking Dead are, are really strong from even a storytelling standpoint. But one of the themes that I cannot stand in The Walking Dead is that um, that aspect of the human spirit, that whole premise is almost always dashed against the rocks in favor of the of the survival theme. And so if you're kind of like if you were to kind of like wrap everything up in a, in a bow that you guys have both just talked about, a lot of times what we're seeing in these in these films is the concept of how can we beat the thing that wants to kill the human race? Right. Like, how can we yeah. come together? How can we do this differently? How can we save other people along the way? Even how can we have hope when things are the most dire? And The Walking Dead drives me crazy because the essential message of The Walking Dead is the only hope is survival. And so therefore, like the characters don't take risks if there's somebody uh, very rarely do the characters ever take risks when somebody else is in danger um, because they go, no, we're supposed to survive. So like, screw that guy. You know what I mean? Like that. Yeah. And I think that. I just outright reject that the core purpose of humanity is to survive. Like that just drives me crazy. Like you, you very rarely do you yeah. hear me like rail on a worldview. Um, but I'm going to rail on the worldview of like survival of the <laughs> fittest being the thing. Like, no, that's like, that's ridiculous. Like when we see in the modern day, people start to uh, think in a scarcity mindset a scarcity mindset is based 100% on fear. It doesn't mean that there isn't scarcity, by the way, but it means that because of scarcity, I better get mine before the next person gets his or hers. Um, and I think that that's just one of the most negative mindsets that the human race can have, because ultimately what that means is I value my own survival above the survival of those around me. If you have that kind of viewpoint, one, everything's going to make you more anxious because you just want to win. You just want and winning to you looks like making it through the thing. Mm -hmm. um, and I just feel like if you, if the only purpose you have in your life is survival, you need to rethink. You need to rethink what your life looks like. And I rare, I very rarely get this fired up on the podcast. I very rarely will go after a worldview like that um, because I am pretty open to other people's worldviews and what they want to communicate to me. And I'm pretty open to listening to that. But man, I there, there's nothing like the inherent over selfishness of people who just want to survive. Mm. Um, it just goes too far. I, I think it's 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 the worst of us of all the things. It's the worst of us. So yeah, I love the theme. Go ahead, go ahead, Nick. I was just gonna say, like, it's uh, you know, if The Walking Dead, which is designed to have no ending, right? You know, it's like right. if that you know that theme is getting pushed through every week it's like why keep paying attention to it because it's <laughs> exactly. like exactly yeah like also like 
yeah, if, if surviving is so important, like survival is the only thing, you know, worth, you know, striving for. I don't know. Why is it? Why? Why does that matter? Right. Like, exactly. why does that matter as a story? Exactly. You know, it's... Right. I, I think we need a quote um, from Ratatouille. It says that humans. Anyone can cook. Yes. <laughs> also, uh, that humans don't just survive. They discover. They create. So it, we yeah. do more than just survive. We, yeah. Exactly. We put we put a rat on our head and make it cook. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I just think that like. You know, I think that if you if you want to showcase that sometimes when we make the choice to be selfless and help other people out, sometimes that has a cost. In fact, it almost always has a cost of some kind, whether it's just the, the cost is comfort, our own comfort, or whether the cost is something more severe. Like we actually, because we want to take a risk um, and because we want to go, so for example, like in The Walking Dead, you might see a character about to get overrun by zombies. And you might see the, the secondary character now has a choice, right? And, and this is what we do in, in these kind of movies. We put the characters in choices that are like, oh, no, which choice are they going to make? Because we're wondering what choice we would make in the same context, like you guys are already mentioning. Um, and when the when characters choose to go rescue the person as opposed to stay in their own safe place and not do anything about it, 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 it matters in how you treat that after the fact. So if you treat the person who tried to save the other person as a hero, even though they died, and look up to them, then that's still the triumph of the human spirit. Hey, look, we tried to do something. It didn't work. And maybe that's something that we need to think about next time. Can we have a different strategy for saving people? Should we do things differently next time? That's all fine. I'm not. That's, that's a nuance that I'm okay with. What I'm not okay with is when it's like, I'm going to go try to save that person. Oops, that person trying to save the other person died. They both died. What an idiot. And I'm like, oh, now, come on, what are we saying? We're just saying let people die? Like, that, that's the message we want to communicate to people? So uh, I think we hear two messages in a lot of these things. We hear survive at all costs, and then we also hear this sub-message. And we talked about this um, on one of our last podcasts about Lord of the Rings. Sandra, you brought this up. Um, the, the, the effect and the cost of choosing not to be a part of it. Mm, yeah and, and that to me is like look you, if you're not going to be a part of it why not and there's sometimes there's good reasons for that i'm not saying it's a hundred percent you know let's just say for example in this current outbreak you have an underlying health condition i don't expect you to go out and like serve at a soup kitchen right like, like i like that's not that's not what i'm saying but what i am saying is um we should still look up to first responders nurses doctors like these people are literally putting their own lives at risk and we shouldn't sit back and go like what idiots we want to survive so we're, we're going to ignore them like that that just to me is like the most ugly form of, of humanity so i probably railed on it <laughs> enough i'm actually curious jay um what you would think of the walking dead uh telltale game oh really because uh like a lot of these a lot of these uh you know things that you don't like about the walking dead they put the choices in your hands ah, so nice. i'm like curious to see like what you would think because i uh, personally you know i in, in the same boat like i like the first like few seasons of the walking dead but then when you realize that it's designed to never end yeah it's like <laughs> okay um yeah. this was fun while it was new exactly but, yeah the telltale game is very like you know it puts you as the, the main character in the care of this young girl. Ah. Um, 
and there's like you know a lot of decisions and stuff you see in like the walking dead show not the same exact thing but you know the same type of decisions that get at you as the player it's put in your hands so like you go i i do want to risk myself and save this person or i don't you know and then like the story kind of tailors to how you uh how you play it yeah that's good that's really good i think that the storytelling has the power to inform us of how like you guys already said we play it out in our own heads right it's it's the way that the brain is wired to understand and interpret the world why would we want to feed it now i'm not saying we shouldn't feed it warnings about not being stupid right like that's i'm not referring to that i'm not saying like oh you should just go out and like you know expose yourself to viruses because you're a hero well obviously no that's not what i'm saying (laughs) Um, i'm just saying if you take the survivalist mindset and put that as uh the preeminent um thing that you are appreciating about humanity then no one would ever be a doctor and no one would ever be a nurse in these kind of situations and or no one would be a police officer or a fireman or any of these things fire person um so to me i go those are the best of us in these scenarios they're putting themselves at risk every single day um and i would like to honor that about them so anyways just i'll stop ranting about that (laughs) um (laughs) but we'll i'll move into the next question so since we're covering like a lot of different movies here most of the time on the story geeks podcast we take one movie but in this case uh, there's just so much content out there that we can take a look at and so many different ways of responding to these global threats. Um, I'm wondering from all of the options that you can think of, um, what character, I'll start with you, Sandra, what character do you feel has the best response to this global threat? Like who would you model your own behavior after because you respect this character so much? Um, I would say Matt Damon and contagion. Now, Mm. If, if that's okay, even though it's not a geek film. Um, and if it's, if it's not okay, I'll change my answer. But <laughs> No, no, no. But... I think, that, I think, I think we're, we're dealing with pandemics. It's, right. sort of, it's sort of in a weird place, and we're just going to go with it. We're going to yeah. say that it counts. <laughs> um, so I, I think, though, part of the reason why he acts the way he does is because he's immune. Um, mm. And he knows he's immune, so he can't get sick again. But... Um, what I love about how relevant this is to what's happening right now is that even though he can't get sick, someone he loves can get sick and he is willing to make life suck just to keep her safe. So this is his daughter. Um, he is willing to be the bad guy, willing to make his daughter stay home, willing to let her not go see her, her little crush and, not have the school things that she wants to have. And it's not until her crush is given medication. So he's going to not be sick that he lets him come in and he kind of does a a little prom for his daughter, but he's willing to make that sacrifice. Um, He can go out all he wants, but he won't do it because he knows it'll put her at risk. And I think right now that's so important that even if you are, not immune, but unlikely to be negatively affected, you have to think of sacrificing for others. Um, and so that's why I think, you know, I would go with, with Matt Damon and someone who I would love to go with, but I won't is, is um, Sean from Shaun of the Dead <laughs> because he doesn't have a plan. But the thing that is endearing about what he does, he's panicking. He doesn't have a plan, but he 
all he knows is he wants to be with the people that he loves. And he's just going to go to the Winchester, have a pint, and wait for it to all blow over. And that's the extent of his plan. But it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't matter because he just wants to be with those he loves, um, except maybe don't go to a pub. Right. Yeah, yeah. Stay social distancing. Social yeah. Distancing. What do you think, Nick? Who's who's the person that you would look to as like this is the person I want to model my behavior after? Uh, well, I mean, I I want to be Brad Pitt in World War Z, just because uh, I don't know. He seems to always be the right place at the right time and never actually gets, you know, in danger really. <laughs> but, um. Yeah, I don't. This is hard. I don't. I don't really know like who I look to. Um, you know, since I've just watched World War Z, I keep thinking about that a lot. But like the way that um, Brad Pitt's character uh, Jerry um, is in that movie is like he recognizes um, opportunities uh, quickly. It's so like in the in the beginning of the movie when like they're stuck in traffic in Philadelphia and like it's starting to the outbreak is starting in the city. Um, like there's no way that they can move. Mm. And then like this uh, garbage truck comes and plows through, uh, you know, the lane next to him. And like as like as soon as it passes by, he's like, that's our way out. You know, mm. and it's mm. like he's like very quick to like. uh see like survival opportunities but then also quick to like figure out um like the best thing to protect others and like so like when he's going around trying to figure out how to stop the stop the plague you know he's willing to um you know put his own life on the line to uh you know kind of uh, experiment with the the disease uh and you know look for opportunities to not just you know uh have survive himself but to have everyone around him survive like looks out for others that are with him even like people he just met mm -hmm. like you know you're, you just run into these people and like they're as scared as you are but like the one thing you have in common is you're in this together and so like the best thing to do is to work together you uh. know and it's like i think it's a good example to you know, like it, you know, running into somebody you don't know during a crisis to go like, you know, we're on the same side. Like, I'll help you help, you know, if you help me. And right. Like, you know, that kind of gets people through uh, insane crisis like this. Right. Yeah, I, I'm going to um, I, I love those choices. I'm going to throw one down that if Daryl was on the show, he would like have an absolute um, heart attack over me saying because he would want to he would want to do the same thing. But that's uh lee abbott in a quiet place uh yeah. who's the father yeah. he i think he i i don't think he's perfect i think he's a he's pretty reticent to put himself out there because of past tragedy that he's faced um but i also don't think that he's so sequestered that he i, I think he's battling in his head with how sequestered he pro he probably should be um, so I'll just throw him out there because I think he really cares about his family. And in the, in, the, in the end of that film, he shows how much he cares about his family. And I won't spoil it, but you should watch it. Um, and I think that that's really, really cool the way he does that. The other characters that I would throw out there, I really liked. Sandra, did you actually watch any of The Walking Dead? 
I watched, I want to say, the first few seasons. Okay. Um, and then I kind of stopped and I picked up again. And then What's-His-Face just got, like, butchered. And I'm like, uh. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I know exactly was... what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I really enjoyed the character of Herschel for multiple seasons. So Herschel was a character who was advising um, Rick Grimes, the main character, about how to deal with all of Rick's emotions and all of his... Because Rick is a very... Rick. The more Rick deals with zombies, the more Rick goes survivalist to the point where he's willing to do terrible things to other humans. And part of it's because he's seen what can happen when you don't combat evil people. But he takes on a mindset that is far too dark, in my opinion, um, far too protecting of his own tribe at the expense of other people's tribes. So I liked Herschel a lot because I think Herschel added a, a greater, bigger perspective. The problem I had with Walking Dead was we deal with this in real life where I think so. I'm just going to bring um, a, a unique faith perspective into this that I've seen people express before. I think I've seen this even in our current outbreak where you'll see people be like, well, we're not going to cancel church because like, you know, God's going to watch out for us. Um, Hashtag bad theology. Yeah. Cause I was yeah. just going to say like, like, like uh, nowhere does that actually <laughs> appear in scripture. So that's not a good idea. Um, and I'm not saying God won't look out for you. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that that's not necessarily one of the promises that is afforded you. Um, and so, uh what i liked about herschel's character is that he had a lot of like maybe we should do this or maybe we shouldn't do this he had a lot of doubts but he still had sort of a bigger picture faith he was not scared like rick was that like basically when you end everything ends herschel thought beyond that and that allowed him to not be a survivalist However, the thing I didn't like about The Walking Dead over time is they kept taking Herschel's character further and further away from his faith. And I felt like that was um, it's, it's accurate in some cases, and, and I'd be okay with it if The Walking Dead made uh, some characters do that. But it literally makes all its characters do that. Um, and, I, and I just it's I, a trope. It's a trope. Really? It gets yeah. to be a trope. And if, if they had some characters that didn't do that and some characters that did, I'd be totally cool with that because that's real life. But it doesn't do that. It just destroys everyone who has a worldview that isn't survivalist. It it just goes after you. Um, it's very nihilist in that regard. Um, and then the last character I would throw out there, I realize I'm talking too much, but the last character I would throw out there that, <laughs> that I think is actually kind of cool but is far too survivalist for me is um, is Daryl from The Walking Dead. <laughs> There's a lot of characters <laughs> from The Walking Dead in there. Mm. But, yeah, he, he's far too survivalist, but he does have a heart about it too. And um, it's interesting to me that while Rick will not have a heart about it and be like, these people need to die regardless, you'll oftentimes see Daryl be like, oh, why are we killing these people, though? And I think that that's, a, that's always kind of a cool um, counterpoint to, to Rick's character. So, And, of course, yeah, no one can beat Captain America, but we won't even go into that because Captain America is <laughs> the, the perfect one, right? Um, so I want to ask you guys the opposite of the question I just asked, which is what character has the worst response in your mind and presents the biggest threat to our own perspective or our own mindset? What do you think, Nick? Who's the worst? Who's the worst? Uh, wow. Yeah, there's I mean, in 
movies and TV shows and stuff like this that deal with apocalypse or epidemic or something, there's just like, uh, it's hard to like imagine like, wow, nobody would really be that way. But like, you know, we're seeing now like, oh, people totally would be that way. Yeah. <laughs> but um, Jude Law in Contagion, mm. just to bring up Contagion again, who he's like a online blogger um who like invest he invests in uh, i forget what's what the company is but that makes like these herbal tinctures Mm. and then just starts spreading false information on the internet that like this tincture uh, like a few drops of it a day like kills this disease and then like it causes like people to be like crowding like pharmacies and markets and stuff trying to buy this tincture which in turn like spreads the disease even more which causes more people to freak out and more people to go after you know this tincture that doesn't do anything right um and just so that he can make a profit off Mm. of it Mm. so that when like it is all under control you know he's you know sitting pretty right and profiting off the the death and like the the spread of disease you know somebody like that to me is just like so reprehensible yeah 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 i i've seen (laughs) i've seen on facebook um people not abiding by the recommendations and proudly posting pictures of them out in public with oh i think there's more than 50 people and guess what they also happen to be selling a diet program that gets you healthy and we're not going to live in fear and some Bible verse, you know, insert some Bible verse. And I'm just like, what are you doing? Stop I it. I, I think I know the diet program that you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's the get the, get the virus diet. <laughs> yeah. Yikes. Uh, yeah. But, but it's called tapeworm. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, so you know that's that's my answer it's the general public um it's the people who are in the background screaming beating each other up uh you know knocking people down to get um you know canned goods or toilet paper in this case you know that because you don't see you don't see anything else there is no nuance to those characters in the masses they so those are the worst characters it's just the ones that you see um escalating the situation and um and showing how you know selfish and heartless we can be when we're driven by fear and panic and um thinking of a specific character i would say negan <laughs> he's just <laughs> oh yeah I, I don't understand i don't understand how one can treat another human that way as just kind of pawns um either just for kicks and giggles or you've slighted me or whatever i'm going to treat you this way and those who are doing that for me like doing my bidding like even they don't really matter um now i didn't keep watching um too much of his character so i don't know if he ever changed or if he had uh you know anything other than that um but that's the the one that's the one thing in like these kinds of movies 
and TV shows and stuff that like is a character I haven't to me doesn't seem like it would be realistic in the real world I guess just because I haven't seen it like when people say uh you know like I don't know like like these shows and stuff aren't realistic because I don't think people would act this way they I feel like we would band together and we would survive and we would thrive and like that's cute know, this this situation we have in real life when people are getting punched in the face over toilet paper you know it's like and there's not even a shortage you know <laughs> yeah 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 um like i've never seen like is is there like people out there waiting like they're hoping for an apocalypse to happen because like they secretly have a baseball bat like with, under their bed with nails with barbed, in it <laughs> and barbed wire wrapped around it and stuff and going like man today maybe today's the day the world will end and i get to finally be myself <laughs> you know you know what i think about that uh and this is this is a i don't know that i have any data to prove this but i think we live in a world that um unfortunately is almost too comfortable and what and what happened like let's face it like yes we are sitting in the midst of a pandemic but like and I get that, but this is not even the black plague. I mean, this is not like, this is not yeah. like it's going to, it's going to decimate half the human population. Like we've seen actually occur. Right. Yeah. Um, so we live in a, in a really, really, really comfortable society. It many, many, in many regards now, granted we have access to too much information, which gives us different problems. Um, it gives us a lot of anxiety, maybe with, maybe with sometimes not as much to be worried about, but the advantage is that we've solved a lot of the world's problems that have been really damaging and really like that shorten lifespans and that cause major problems within society. Um, it's a lot better than it used to be. And I think the problem is, is that there's always the person who doesn't really fit into the system anymore and they don't know what to do with their energy. They don't know what their purpose looks like. And back in the day, I think it was easier to find a purpose because it was like, well, the purpose is I just have to make sure that I go work in the factory because if I don't, my family's going to be on the street. Nowadays, what you hear is things that are like much more esoteric, like, you know, like maybe you should start a YouTube channel or maybe you should start a podcast <laughs> or, you know, like, like all of these things that I think that. <laughs> and then if you don't make it, if you're a person that doesn't make it in that, I think you go, well, then what am I supposed to be? Or let's just even talk about most of the in most of our history being a warrior has been looked up to and admired and if you're a person that goes walks around with too much testosterone or too much aggression and have no outlet for it then you just look for well just wait just wait I'll, they'll respect me when i when the survival of the fittest thing comes up again and i'm, and I'm trying i'm not trying to throw anyone's mentality under the bus i'm just trying to say like society over the course of time values different things and i think some people can get lost when they don't feel valued and therefore they're just waiting for the thing to drop so that they can showcase their value to people um and unfortunately that's a very negative way of behaving because it turns you against what this the norm is as opposed to you embracing what the norm is um so that's just complete armchair armchair <laughs> philosophy right there but i, I kind of see that happening from time to time with people i mean I, don't know. I would say if that's an issue for someone where they have that testosterone and they're waiting for the, for the apocalypse they can go to wasteland i mean that's a thing you know it's like a mad max type 
yeah. convention or something. <laughs> it's a weekend festival. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, well, or, or I mean, like, like for example, I think if you are the kind of person that doesn't know what to do with some of your energies, like, unfortunately, I think our country has become a little bit too negative in regards to our servicemen and women. But like, if you made the choice of like, I don't really know how to, I don't want to do the corporate thing, but I'm going to go get, I'm going to go get a, uh, serve the country in the military, in any branch that you choose. Um, I understand that we might, some of us might disagree with how the military is occasionally used or how big the mil- the military industrial complex is at this point. But just like with, with law enforcement or doctors or nurses, like you're, if you go into the military to use some of that, of that energy that you don't know what to do with that should be we should we should be really grateful to you for that um for being willing to put your life on the line to defend our country i think so you know these i think you have options but i think a lot of people just don't know what to do with those options and then it's it becomes this really dicey thing i think a lot of trolls online fit that description maybe then you start (laughs) hiding a baseball bat wrapped in barbed wire under your bed (laughs) exactly (laughs) Now, granted, again, I'm doing the armchair thing, so I, I, I'm I'm just trying to think of ways that people could inherently feel more valued. Because I do feel I do feel really bad for for people who don't feel valued in our current society. Um, that's a shame. You know, you you don't have to your your number of Instagram followers does not define your worth. Um, so, anyways, um, yeah, I don't I don't know what character has the worst response. There's so many. <laughs> It's almost easier yeah. to choose the ones that are terrible because it goes back to that selfishness thing, right? Like, how selfish are you? Are you being? And yeah, I, I'm, I'm. In fact, I'm going to transition into the next question because I think it gets at a lot of this, and we've been kind of dancing around this last question. I think we should just kind of tackle it. Um, Sandra, I'll start with you. Every one of these films is really truly about fear on a global or near global scale. So whether it's um, Independence Day, whether it's A Quiet Place, whether it's Contagion, whether it would pick pick your film. They're all about fear on a global or near global scale and what people do with that. So, Sandra, what do you what can you what can we um, observe about fear in this context? You know, it can be completely debilitating, um, controlling. It can change us. Um, and in some cases, it might reflect who we've been all along. Maybe that fear unleashes that person that you both are talking about who has that baseball bat under their bed and they're like, I'm scared. And oh my gosh, this is the only way I know how to, to deal with that is to like bash, bash in some skulls. Um, and, you know, maybe like for me, you know, with with all of the stuff that's going on and um, and the fear that I'm having with that. You know, when we think of, of being, um, I've used this before, like with a, an olive, you put it under pressure and you get its essence. So like me being under pressure right now, getting getting the essence of me, you know, it's full of anxiety, you know, and that's where I've, I've been um, living the, these past few days or weeks um, just in that space. And so when we, we watch these, these films and we see that 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 comes out in these characters um fear that is controlling that is debilitating that reveals their essence you know that's that's us that's what happens in in real life and we're seeing that play out in the news and online and in our homes even you know the um how we respond 
to a global um, situation that is unknown, unfamiliar, and feels like it's unending. Mm. You know that um, that reveals a lot about who who we are, who we can become when we succumb to fear. Mm. Yeah, I mean, Sandra kind of hit it. It's you know, it's it's uh, it shows who we really are and like some people it's usually like the protagonists like will respond well to it or be fearful at first and adapt um i think it, it that's one thing that some of these films do too is it shows us how to adapt to that fear mm-hmm. like how to how to respond to it it's like you know we we might respond poorly at first but you can overcome that fear and you know still be afraid but kind of use your uh your instincts um to push past it and survive or even thrive you know yeah it's like having a healthy amount of fear is a good thing but letting that fear uh get in your way or be debilitating uh you know is can be worse than the thing itself right 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 yeah i think you guys are both hitting the hitting the nail on the head i, I would love to hear our new co-host Scylla's response to this question too because right um she deals with this kind of stuff in her daily job constantly um and, and nick you just said what i was going to say which is like to think that we wouldn't feel fear. If you don't feel fear, then you have a different problem, right? Because yeah. if you don't feel fear, then that means you're gonna you're probably gonna do things that are actually selfish. In other words, you think that they're unselfish, but if you do them, like for example, like you talked about, um, you know, going into giant arenas or going into places where there's more than fifty people, is it's likely that you don't feel fear. And then, therefore, you're going to do things that we've decided as a society are actually bad for people. And again, before this, we before we started recording this, a lot of times the fear isn't supposed to be for ourselves. Like Nick and I are in groups that are probably the very low, low, low percentage chance of getting. Um, getting hit hard by coronavirus um and are you calling because, me old no no no, no i'm, I'm not calling sandra old i'm not calling sandra old um sandra has said on 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 social media that she's immunocompromised in some ways and so um, yeah so it's, it's one of those things where like nick now nick and i have fear right we're, we're going to experience fear maybe mm. not as much as sandra might experience because she's in a different place than we are I don't mean to use you as an example, Sandra. So no, it's fine. In advance, but, I use me as an example. <laughs> yeah, but so so we so we might not feel as much fear, but we are definitely going to feel fear because we're. I think the appropriate thing is to say, "How am I feeling about myself?" and then immediately go, "Okay, now how could other people be feeling? How could your parents be feeling? How could your grandparents be feeling? How could your neighbor be feeling?" Because now all of a sudden, if you just let fear be internal and self-focused, that's when you go hoard things. That's when you say, I protect me and mine, even if you're not even in a group right now that needs to be heavily protected. 
Um, and so, for example, if you're a college student out there and you're like, cool, I'm going to go party because there's no one around and I'm going to go party with my friends in groups in big groups of people, I'd be like, yeah, but you you maybe don't have any fear or the fear that you have, you're trying to self-medicate <laughs> for, you know. But but what about the people around you that do are legitimately more fearful because like my wife and I know um, uh, a person, I won't say who it is, but out, that is in their 90s and has three different conditions that they've said would be damaging. So mm -hmm. not only 90, but have three different conditions. This mm -hmm. person is almost for sure going to die if they get coronavirus. Yeah, They're, like almost for sure. So, um, I like, so I'm not fearful for myself so much. I don't want to be sick. That sounds like it sucks, but I'm more <laughs> concerned about not doing the things that are, would be damaging for other people around me who I have a, I have a neighbor who is definitely out elderly, definitely elderly. And I don't know what happened, but he has been mostly confined to his home and he gets, um, nurses keep coming over. That means that I need to be extra diligent because I don't want to get. Can you imagine being responsible for the for getting one of your neighbors sick who then couldn't deal with the disease very well? I mean, right. and this is the kind of thing we see in these in these films. These are the kinds of things where, you know, if you look at somebody like I think Lee Abbott is maybe maybe a little bit too focused on his own family. Granted, there's not a lot of other people around, so I kind of understand that. <laughs> um, but at the same time, he's very diligent about keeping the family safe. And his fear causes him to do things that unfortunately create a challenging relationship with his daughter, but also are, are trying – his fear isn't just self-focused. He's also trying to think of other people and what is, could happen to them. And I think that's one of the best things we can possibly do in these scenarios is understand that, yeah, sure, we're going to have fear. Um, and it's a good thing to have fear because fear is useful. Fear can actually help you make better decisions. But if we let fear take over, we inherently will become self-focused. And we can't do that. we got to think of other people's fears as well. So I think you guys, you guys nailed it. And I just – just said the same thing for another 10 minutes um <laughs> <laughs> now it, now now we'll just end the, we'll end the podcast with a, with a little bit more lightheartedness because we've been intense for the last four questions so i'm just wondering like what comedies do you find we've already mentioned Shaun of the dead what makes those comedies so funny what makes the jokes we see on social media like when do those cross the line when are they funny like t talk to me about what you guys think about <laughs> levity in this oh in my this gosh process. So I, I made a playlist. Um, that was one of the first things that I did. And it really is a coping mechanism. So I called it coronavirus coping mechanism. <laughs> and it had like a lot of, I don't know. I mean, I love dark comedy. So um, that helps me laugh, like kind of facing it um, helps me laugh. I think with Shaun of the Dead, of course, I love just that humor, that dark, that dark comedy. Um, I love that in the midst of you know, fear that these zombies are coming after them. He's also concerned about which records are going to be thrown because, oh no, I like that. I love that record. Um, uh, Batman soundtrack. I know. Yeah. <laughs> which offends me because Batman, but yeah, he's like, toss it. <laughs> um, I think those are helpful. I mean, we need, we need to be able to laugh. We need to be able to, um, you know, enjoy life. Even, even now, like I keep trying to, um, 
see it as a blessing, you know, count it all as a blessing, right? So mm-hmm. trying to do that. Um, I think the one that I just shared, because um, I had a hair appointment on Friday and I canceled it. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, we're going to be so wrecked after this. Like, you know, major roots, um, you know, women who get their lashes done, like they're not going to have that. They're not going to have their eyebrows or nails, you know, for me, it's my hair. I'm not going to have my hair done. Those crack me up because it's true. It's about to get ugly. (laughs) (laughs) What about you, Nick? What are some of the things that you've seen that can just bring levity to these kind of situations? Yeah. uh, I mean, I'm, one of those people it's like you know when you say like are there things that shouldn't be joked about i'm like no but i mean it's all about timing Mm. really like i feel like you can joke about anything as long as it's like or i'll I'll say like timing and like uh the taste like if it's in poor taste Mm. you know that's that's terrible um but I, you know, I feel like there's some funny stuff out there. There's this, uh, I used to play this uh, iPhone game back in the day called Plague Inc. And it's just this little uh, iOS game where you like you, it shows a world map and you create like a disease, like a bacterial disease or a virus or something, you name it. And like, just <laughs> like for fun the other night, I was like, I, I haven't played that game in a long time. So I like redownloaded it. And uh, I just, I named, I did a virus and I named it uh, COVID-20. Oh no, stop. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I was just like, I wonder if I could do better than this virus. And turns out I can. (laughs) Too soon, Nick. Too soon. Too soon. (laughs) Did you guys see that coronavirus 2 was trending the other day? Yeah, I did. Did you see why though? It was because of uh, the John Oliver, Oliver. thing, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, my yeah. gosh. For, like, minutes, I was, like, <gasps> like going down the trail <laughs> and freaking out. And then when I found that, that that was the reason I had to share because I'm, like, there's somebody out there like me who's not going to get to the end of that to figure out that it's not, you know, a new version like we see in Outbreak where it's, like, no, that's not that version. It's this one. Right. Ah! <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I tend to I tend to side with both of you guys with with like humor I think is an important part of our lives I, I was I was making fun today because I grew up in a very conservative Christian environment and at one point in time my mom and dad got really into end times prophecy which as a ten year old kid is just utterly terrifying oh god um, yeah. and by the way like I, it's so metal too it's super metal yeah 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 if you, metal. If you were to, yeah, if you were to take it more aggressively, like it would be, it would be legit. Like <laughs> you'd be the cool kid. Yeah. Um, but it's definite. It should definitely be painted on the side of a van. Yeah, oh, for with, along with Kurt Cameron. Yeah. <laughs> we could put Kurt Cameron on the side of that van. Wait, That'd what? Be... What should be painted on? Just the end times. Prophecy. Oh God, no! Yeah. Like, it, would, it would fit. Okay, yeah. thief. Are you gonna bring in? Uh, bring up thief in the night? No, you bring it up. You. you oh say my it. God. Okay, so. A horrible person in my life decided that that was a great movie to show me when I was, I don't know, probably like 10 or I don't know how old I was, but there was like zero um, theology or explanation to it or comfort in after watching it. Even to this day, if I hear a clock going like, oh God, nope, it scared me so much 
And like you said on Facebook, you're like, that is scarier than any horror movie. And for sure it is. It's just terrifying to think like, oh, God, no, I don't even want to. Yeah, it's very. <laughs> yeah, so, for the, so for those of you who are going like, what in the world are you talking about? So basically the way that uh, the Bible ends is that um, I believe it's John actually has a vision uh, that could be interpreted as the end of the world, right? Like uh, there's, there's multiple interpretations that you can make of uh, Revelations is the name of the book that appears at the end of the Bible. And it basically goes into all of the things that he sees in this vision that occur. And then people have tried to interpret that vision to understand, despite the fact that it tells you not to and that you won't know when the end time yeah. actually is. Pe- I lo- that's the part that I love so much is it explicitly <laughs> says like, nobody knows when. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody knows the day or the hour. <laughs> right. Don't try to figure it out. Yeah. And yet, like, there's like so many books. I and, know. Like, all every pastor has their own opinion. It's and, so like, crazy. Yeah. yeah, it's so insane. So, anyways, this is a thing within within Christian circles in the '90s. It got really big in my house, and so uh, so I was just joking about that. But I think like we do, what we don't want to joke about, in my opinion, is we don't want to joke about like actual people who are who are truly sick and who in, are in true need of help. Um, like I would not be joking about Italy right now. Italy is going through a pretty difficult time, yeah. um, but for those things that are that we can be a little bit more lighthearted about, I think it's really good because when we just have fear and there's no levity that comes from being, you know, we're we're isolated now, and we could get real just we could let fear build up, build up, build up, build up, build up, and we don't if we don't have a release for that fear of any kind then um, that can be really, really, really uh, damaging to us, I think. So I think having some levity sprinkled in is really good. I, I, I think Shaun of the Dead is a fantastic film because of that. It's like the way that it deals with the, both tragic things, scary things, but also humor is really artful. So maybe we should just maybe the end of this podcast is go watch Shaun of the Dead and have a good time. I love that. Shaun <laughs> with an S H. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sanders on my case because I spelled it wrong in the group when I said because I said S E A N, Sean of the Dead. But no, Sean Bean's not in it, so you don't need to worry about that at all. Um, <laughs> scene, bean. scene, Bean. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, anything else you guys want to put out there? I mean, recommendation: go watch Sean of the Dead. But anything else you guys want to talk about before we close it out? Wash your hands. Oh yeah, yeah wash your hands. Yeah, yeah. Wash your hands. Hide yourself. Hide your family. Hide yourself. But not too much. Hide your kids, hide your wife. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) All right. Well, that's it for today's show. Special thanks again to Nick Duke and Sandra Demas for joining me during a pandemic. It will go down in history as the podcast series that we recorded during a pandemic. Um, (laughs) Next week on the Story Geeks podcast, we're hoping to get you Universal Monsters. So hopefully we'll be able to to schedule that and get that out to you. Um, So definitely check that out don't miss any uh don't miss that show or any of the upcoming shows subscribe today on your preferred podcast provider and remember you can join the story geeks club for free the link to the club is in the show notes it's a facebook group we have a lot of fun in that facebook group and if you join as a vip member which you can do on patreon we'll prioritize your questions and comments on any of the live shows that we do i don't know how many live shows we'll be doing i think i might try and do some youtube live shows if i can so we'll just see how that works um, plus higher tier members get to join us as a guest at different times in the year, which is also really, really cool. So to learn more about that, head over to thestorygeeks.com. Thanks for listening. And as always question everything in your favorite geek stories and always seek the truth. Special thanks to all the members of the story geeks club. Here are some of the awesome supporters, supporters who support us at $5 a month or more. 
Adam Vargas, Bob Sherfield, Justin Weaver, Mary Baldwin, Wade Johnson, Jim Baldwin, Monty Thigpen, Nick Prokop, Kimberly Lujeau, and Connie Moe. We appreciate all the members of the Story Geeks Club, even those we haven't mentioned by name. If you'd like to support the show by joining the Story Geeks Club and signing up for one of our VIP tiers, please head over to thestorygeeks.com. We'll talk to you soon. You'll hear from us soon. But in the meantime, go watch Shaun of the Dead and do what you can not to get too crazy during the pandemic. <laughs>